Welcome back, you gorgeous Barbies and Kens, to yet another episode of You Guessed It, Cancel Me Baby. Now, vulnerability, I'm an Aquarius people, okay? Vulnerability is my arch nemesis in life. But nonetheless, we're going to give it a stab and just have at it because, you know, why not? We're just going to go for it. So today's episode is going to be a little bit of a smorgasbord. Number one is going to be a sort of follow-up to my very last episode with Lou Ridley, because there's a part of that episode, if you've listened, that I just can't stop thinking about and that I've really done a lot of self-reflecting on, you know, as the year comes to a close, like Nostradamus who. And the second part is going to be tackling sort of things as usual going on that I'm sort of challenging, um, unraveling, unearthing, if you will. We're going to be talking about everything going on with Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman 3. We're going to be talking about Barbie, duh, because, you know, it's Barbie's world and we're just living in it. I'm a Barbie girl. You're a Barbie guy. And uh, Twitter and Elon Musk, because, again why not? Like, why wouldn't we talk about Elon and his big Twitter dick energy? So, okay. First things first, um, the privilege talk with Lou Ridley. So just to give you a little bit of a summary in case you missed it, Lou and I in the episode are talking about being two white girls, right? Or she says two pretty white girls and the privilege that comes with that and how she says, you know, we're privileged. And I have this knee-jerk reaction of feeling the need to defend my tireless struggle and hustle in my journey. And she says to me, both things can be true. It can be true. I'm not saying you haven't struggled or suffered, but you are also privileged. And I have to say, after really absorbing and unpacking all of it after the fact in private in the chamber of secrets that is my thoughts you know with friends and loved ones I honestly I almost not gonna lie I almost cut that part out of the episode but here obviously on cancel me baby I'm all about letting things air out and not censoring and talking it out and evolving and changing so I'm like no I'm gonna be about it and it stays it stays she's leaving it in but the reason I was going to take it out is because after thinking about it and having these conversations, I feel I watch this and it's like cringe. Like I feel like a goddamn fool. I'm like, this is embarrassing because I really thought about what she said, right? When it comes to privilege. And I think why I had such a knee jerk reaction to it is because I feel like we see everything through that lens now. And sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it's not. And it's sort of that knee jerk, like, ugh, ugh, again, like it's the same thing as like, I don't know. It's that kind of reaction of like blaming things on like toxic masculinity or like, like these buzzwords, right. That makes us just be like, stop it. Like, you know? And so I really thought about it and it's like, you know, I am, I am so privileged. I mean, I have a family who would never let anything happen to me, would never let me not have a roof over my head, would never let me, like I've never gone a day hungry. I have, you know, an amazing education from PSU, like represent Penn State, Nittany Lines. How could I forget? Like the tour guide of your dreams, but I actually was a tour guide. Um, 
but yes, I have resources and an amazing education that other, you know, people can't say the same. And moreover, I'm, I'm free. I'm a free woman who can have the privilege to chase my and go after my American dream as hard as it is. Right. And so it's really everything that this show is about. And it was a really eye-opening moment because I'm all about, you guys know, like I hate nothing more than like AOC crying under her desk for no reason. Like when the ice cream man comes to town, um, saying that like, he's going to threaten her life and victim mentality. And I sort of, it was a really eye-opening moment for me because while I, I just don't like victim mentality across the board. I think it disempowers you. I think it's sad to walk around the earth with this, you know, oh, this kind of looming shadow of putting yourself down or being, you know, disadvantaged or this or that versus like claiming and owing, owning that power and just being like, fuck it. Like, I just think it's a better way to live and that you get further in life. Right. And ha- also have a happier or more fulfilling life. But it made me realize like, I may not have victim. Like I was like, Oh my God, like I feel like a fraud because while I may not have a victim mentality when it comes to like the run of the mill, what we're used to right in, in woke culture, like being a woman or being a Jew and like Kanye, I'll take that up with you after sidebar. I do. I know I haven't really addressed it. I do want to do a proper episode about all the Kanye stuff, but I want to do it with a guest and like when the time is right, you know what I mean? But I have had it in a way in the sense of, again, like the grit and the sacrifice and the struggle and suffering of life choices and, and, and getting to, to what I want. Right. And so it was a moment to be had. And so I just really wanted to address that. I was losing. I was like, I cannot do another episode unless I address this because these people are going to think like I'm a goddamn fool. And that is like these uncomfortable moments or these like come to Jesus or like the man in the sandals at, with the beard as Lou so you know beautifully illustrated uh come to Jesus moments like this is what this is why I I think cancel culture is such a joke right because I've said it from the beginning but it's like we have to be able to own our shit and evolve and air these conversations out in the open um or, or it's a no-go like it is not a good scene for any of us. Right. So I just wanted to share that with you guys, because it's something that I've been really seriously, I I couldn't get it off my mind. It's something that I've been, um, really, you know, thinking about. And so it's interesting because I was revisiting it's, it's what Lou was saying. It's like part of our culture now where we feel like we have to defend and, and everything. And also with this word privilege being thrown around, like she and I are talking about it in, in the, Uh, terms of like how we look. Right. And I think that's why I had such a knee jerk reaction because it's like, Oh, like I'm a petite, cute white girl. So I just have all this shit handed to me. Like, absolutely not. And I think that's where it comes from. Right. Because it's like, it just suggests that you'll like get everything you want based on how you look. But I realized that it is, it's a part of the whole thing. Like I'm more privileged than a woman in another country who isn't free or a poor woman who, you know, is working three jobs to provide for her family or can't eat that day or, you know, whatever it is. So, but it's interesting because I revisited my band. Yes. My very 
wild <laughs> interview with Carson Daly. Y'all know the story that I just had. And it's interesting because I talked to him about this and he had a similar reaction to me that I did to Lou. I asked him about like, you know, now that we're in this turn of the tide where like the straight white man is blamed for all of our woes and sorrows, um, how like he's someone who had his come up and made it as a white dude. And like, is it awkward now sitting back being like, oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? That idea of now it's more the conversation of getting other people up in there, whatever. And he almost has a similar, he says, he's like, I'm very fortunate. I'm very lucky. I've had a great career. Um, but that being said, he's like, I work for free. I did this, I did that. And I thought to myself, like, funny, I had a similar re reaction to when I was, um, granted, I didn't throw the, the buzzy word of privilege at him, but, but, you know, and again, I think it, um, speaks to like the problem of this woke culture too, is again, like the issue I've always had with it is like, when we're throwing these words around, we have like, a we, we have just, the, it loses their weight. We have these you know, strong reactions against them. And it makes us lose sight of what they actually mean, which is me in the moment, like, actually, yeah, I'm incredibly privileged in a lot of ways. It doesn't mean that, you know, again, I don't struggle in other ways. It both can be true. And so I just thought that was a really important eye-opening moment. But like my other side of that though, and this is the issue that I have with it, is that we do sometimes view everything through that lens. And that's like what got us in this pickle to begin with. So an example is what's going on with Patty Jenkins. Okay. Patty Jenkins is the director of Wonder Woman. And I feel like, like birds of a feather. I have been on this Wonder Woman journey with Patty Jenkins from the beginning. Okay. And I'm going to revisit with you. Timesight is 2020. And so the interviews and the times that I've had with her and what she said are really telling as to what's playing out now. But the reason that it's tied to the whole privilege lens is because she did Wonder Woman. She did Wonder Woman 1984, which is a travesty. We all know this. And like, Patty, I'm sorry. Like, I was here for the cause and the commitment. Okay, it was just the execution was off. So basically, um, DC Comics has two new heads. You've probably heard of them before, James Gunn and Peter Saffron. And both of Saffron, I don't know how you, whatever. And both of them have directed many superhero, like Suicide Squad, Guardians, like all of this, right? Funny enough, James Gunn had his own cancel culture moment because they fired him out of the blue unearthing old tweets, like stuff. Just He also just seems like a dude with a really weird sense of humor, like joking about like little boys diddling him and shit. Um, and so the whole Guardians cast, I don't know if you guys remember this, like wrote an open letter saying like, this isn't his character, like he's an amazing leader, whatever, and he was brought back. But so see, like it comes around like a thief in the night and gets you, no matter, like you can run, but you can't hide. Like Blondie said, it's going to get you, get you, get you. And so basically these two now are taking over and like, like <laughs> really just disheveling this and restructuring this whole organization uh, this whole operation over there. And so both of them and the two heads of Warner Brothers, which is a man and a woman, basically was like, Patty, it ain't going to happen. Like, she is not doing Wonder Woman 3. And there have been all these speculations as to why not. People are saying it was like script disputes, like they couldn't come to an agreement or land on a common, like she wanted to stick to her vision. They weren't having it. But either way, she came out and said, 
um, with a whole tweet being like, I didn't walk away from Wonder Woman 3. I understand there's a lot going on over there and they're restructuring and all this. Um, but I, and she's, by the way, is working on a new Star Wars movie. It's called Rogue something, which is what we're all going. We're all just going rogue because nothing makes sense anymore, right? But anyhow, she did a whole thing clarifying. And so a conversation that, of course, has come out of this is, is she getting this treatment like, a guy in Hollywood would never be treated this way. Like there's the there's saying, right? That guys in Hollywood fail upwards. So if they have a flop of a movie, they get awarded with another blockbuster movie. Whereas like with this, with Patty, it's seen as like a trial, right? And we've seen if guys flop in movies, like it's just a rough ass cut throw, run for your life and go shoot yourself business, okay? Like, don't even bother trying. So guys and girls get reprimanded and get the harsh like treatment no matter what. And it got me thinking like, I don't necessarily know that if it were a dude, it would be any different, right? Because also we've learned that Henry Cavill apparently isn't returning as Superman. So it just goes to show you, it's like, how far does that, like what, just because she's a woman again, it's like, we view everything through that lens. Now I am going to play you this clip from when I interviewed Patty the first time. This was on the heels of when Wonder Woman was a huge success. And I just want to say, like, seeing Wonder Woman, I remember leaving the theater that day, and I was like, I am a boss-ass bitch, and everybody, I'm just going to wreak havoc on your lives and blaze a trail of glory. Like, I told Patty, I remember leaving, doing the little Wonder Woman sign. Like, it was just badass and awesome. And so... I ask her if she feels like a badass being this woman who's made history and like has just been like a trailblazer, right? Um, in the entertainment space. And here's what she said, which is really surprising. You are like an, an idol to me. Thank you. Honestly, when you are in this world, when, when you go home at me, are you like kicking back and are you like, I'm a badass. Like, I'm no, boss. I'll never think Come that. On. No, no. I, that's Daddy. a dangerous thing to think. Nobody is a badass and nobody's a boss. We all can only try. And that's the secret. Because if everybody, in, like, everybody in every couch in America can try their best, the moment never comes where you're done with any struggle. And oh it never God. will. And it never will. And that's the point. It's like you never arrive and that's okay. Never arrive. And that's okay. Okay, so that's telling in and of itself, right? How she's like, I don't feel like a badass. No one should ever feel like a badass. That's something. And then this sentiment was reflected later. I interviewed her literally, it must have been like the day of or days after her historic uh, negotiation for Wonder Woman 2 was made. And I think she had negotiated around at the time like $8 million to do the movie versus $1 million, which she got paid for the first one. Now, just to have context and why people like get up in arms about this, male directors in the past, like say a woman gets around eight to 10 for a big blockbuster, men will get like 20 million, right? And again, there's a lot of things that go into this, like, you know, is proven success? Is it like, you know, the numbers, the whole thing, like numbers? Yes. But just so you know, like to have context, which is context. Um, And again, there's a lot of things that can play into that. But at the time, it was a huge deal because it was the biggest salary a woman in Hollywood, a director, a female director had ever made. And this is what she said. She said, 
I don't believe, cause I must've said something like, do you, you know, finally it's what you deserve or whatever. And she said, I don't believe in deserve. I've never seen anyone who deserves much. It's all about hard work and hope for things. And so I thought that that between my interview, my first interview with her, when she's like, I don't feel like a boss. No one should ever feel like a boss or, or always like struggling and like aiming for the next thing. And all we can do is try. And that's reflected in her sentiment too. After this big payday, like you would think she would be skipping her way to the bank and rubbing these dollar bills in every man's nose, whoever existed being like, eat my dust, bitch, like 8 million tastes great. Um, but she, she wasn't, and she's not that kind of person. And it really got me thinking, is it, is it like, it's on one end of it, it's really admirable. It's this sort of like, keep your head down, work hard. No one is entitled to shit. Like no. And that's something I've been learning on my own journey too, which I talked about earlier, like thinking you're owed something because you work X amount of hard like not, no one is, I don't know if that was English, but you know what I'm saying? Like no one is owed shit and you have to work your ass off and life isn't fair. And that is kind of what she's saying. And I think there's a really admirable trait about that, about especially now when we're seeing Gen Zers literally need a 10, a 10 month break in Maui because they posted one Instagram story. It's like, give me a fucking break. It's like that story with Jenny Ortega, how she was getting shit for burnout culture because she shot her movie with COVID. And it's like, okay, tell that to my grandpa who literally fought in a war, saw his own men and friends lose body parts. Okay. So we could have our freedom and go about our day, but I'm sorry. You can't go on to set with a little cold and a snuffy, a sniffy nose. Like give me a goddamn break. Like that's entitlement, right? So that's why I so uh, respect and admire and appreciate where she's coming from. But then there's another part of me that's like, is this lack of like, it's mine and I'm going to take it. And that sort of boss attitude, part of it. Like, I can't help but think, is that part of it? Is there a part of like, you know, I'm just going to work hard and hope for the best versus like, nope, it's mine for the taking, is that part of like, again, this business being brutal and not getting, you know, Wonder Woman three or like not getting a high, like for women in general, like not asking for what we want and higher salaries and all this. That's why I say a lot goes into it. Right. Because um, it's just something to think about where I think I've said this before, but where men have this energy that's just like take it or leave it. And like it's business and this is what it is. And um Granted, women have more of like a, a hurdle, you know, it's fine just centuries to, you know, now jump over to make up for lost time. But like, do you know what I mean? So it really got me thinking about that, um, that whole thing. And like, also, let's not forget, she should, she should be like doing the parade all over town because everyone can acknowledge. And I saw this on Twitter a lot, her no man's land sequence in the first one is iconic. Like you watch that and you are like, I am a fire breathing dragon who will burn, burn down the building of anybody who does any wrongdoing to my life whatsoever. Like it is iconic. So at the time, so that's a little bit on that, you know, again, no concrete answers, but after being in the midst of it and now seeing all this play out and seeing the reaction again, I just reflect on it and wonder like, what what actually goes into that and how much is it really about 
like people are saying this wasn't an intentionally sexist move on DC. Like how much is it about being a woman, being sexist, which the optics of this are not great. But again, like how do you explain the Henry Cavill thing, right? Down to the person themselves and the character and the business and the attitude of like, you know, it's mine and walking that line and that balance of again, like keeping your head down and hustling and also like going for the taking bitch. So my little bridge to Barbie, love a Barbie moment. Who does not, if you do not please exit the facility. Okay. So when Wonder Woman came out, James Cameron, famous director, obviously gave Patty J some shit she he gave her some hate he said at the time that it was backwards and that basically wonder woman was this just like objectified symbol and it's interesting because i saw a piece about it at the time that was like if a woman wrote this fine but because it's coming from james cameron like the audacity but he went on to say that his character, his female character in Terminator 2 was, quote, not a beauty icon. And Patty Jenkins had such a slick reply to it at the time. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the idea is like, you're missing the whole point, buddy. And I totally agree with her. It's like, why can't someone be a beauty icon, a la Barbie, who we're getting to, and make their mark in history? Like, how little small penis, small narrow-mindedness of you to be like, oh, she wasn't a beauty icon. She had grit and sacrifice and, and, you know, audiences admired that about her and related to her. And it's like, guess what, buddy? You can have both, pal. There is absolute power in that. It's like, why should Patty Jenkins shy away? I would always crack up watching Wonder Woman, how she purposefully, like, Gal Gadot does like the little flip and it's like, oh, there's her hiney. Oh, there's the underwear. Like, cause we, it's like almost a nod to like what they call, you know, the male gaze. And it's like, play to your strengths. Like, sure. Why not? Because guess what? At the same time, this bitch is schooling all of these dinos on the patriarchy and the wrongdoings of it while fucking saving the world with like her pinky finger. So why not? So yeah, James Cameron direct a movie on that buddy. Take my direction on that rather okay so barbie oh my god the glory literally restoring my faith in cinema is this barbie trailer teaser trailer i have posted memes out the actual wazoo asshole about this and i have to say i was so surprised about the amazing reaction that it got because i thought like every everybody i swear to god people like resurrected from the dead you had the gays you had the lesbos you had the taylors you had the kens you had everybody being like this is a glorious masterpiece and i'm thinking to myself like what is what is it about barbie in a time of such conflict and chaos and confusion and divide that can bring the people together. You know what I mean? That can really just have us yay, rah, rah around the bonfire and, you know, have a good time, have at it like kumbaya. And there's just something to be said, I think, that is so iconic. So Barbie is going to be directed by Greta Gerwig. And listen, like, 
I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that still thinks because the, the teaser trailer was so iconic. You know, sometimes when it's too good to be true. And I'm like, I don't know if the actual movie's going to like live up to the hype. Because also like the Ladybird hype, I can literally do the E equals MC squared of that. And I will never understand the hype of that movie. Like that's just me. But anyhow, I'm a little skeptical, but listen, the trailer enough is enough to make me and the memes, like the memes are hysterical, are enough to make me believe in cinema yet again. However, I am thinking I'm not quite on the same page with everybody about this. And maybe I, maybe I am, maybe I'm not right. I thought to myself, how is it that we can all get along and all agree on the glory of Barbie? And the trailer really captures like Barbie's larger than life icon place, taking up space and redefining like a woman in the world. Right. And that's, what's so glorious about it. And it's like pop culture staple. It's fucking Barbie bitch. Like I love as of late being Barbie. I love being Barbie. I told you guys this on my Instagram story. Went to the lesbian bar the other night. It was the highest honor and compliment because I was wearing a tiny pink shirt, you know, with my torso showing. And the lesbos are like, look at this little Barbie. And like literally going like this, like tapping my boobs and, and, per and uh, you know, playing with them a little bit. And it was the best thing ever. I was like, they, which reminds me that we need to get a, like a good outspoken lesbo on cancel me baby, because they are the unspoken heroes of our time. Like when all the emphasis is on like the non-binary and the, this and the, that like shout out to the lesbos, right? Because they are living free and they are living right. Like loved that moment. But like, even to these feminist lesbians, like Barbie, it just proved to me like Barbie is it. And I am so surprised in a good way, I guess, that there isn't more hoopla of like reminders from woke media being like, let's not forget everybody. Barbie was this unrealistic beauty standard archetype of a woman from the male patriarchy and, burp, 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 and all this fucking nonsense, right? And I think that I'm not on the same page. I think I'm half on the same page of it, like with the gays and like, the glory of it just being kitschy and Barbie and silly and cheeky tongue in cheek, frivolous and fun and her pink plasticness. Right. And like her Malibu Barbie car, just having at it. I think that we aren't getting more shit from the mainstream because what I've seen so far is they're saying how Greta Gerwig, who's also directed little women and all this is going to put some feminist spin on it to like rewrite the past of Mattel, the toy company and like rewrite their wrongs as Barbie's place as like a feminist icon in history. And it got me thinking, it's like, so what? So what if Barbie is this like hot archetype, you know, male fantasy, so to speak? Like, so what? It's That's why it's so fun for me to play it in real life, because it's like, it's like, it's, it's like a character. It's like, yeah, you think, you think it's that plastic Barbie and pal, like you don't even know, like just watch. And that's what was so great about Barbie. The tagline was like, you can do anything. And she could like, this bitch was everywhere to be seen. She literally was like an ER nurse. She was an astronaut. She was a cop. She was a teacher. She was a dog walker like this. Bitch, I don't know how she did it. Like she was just everywhere. Right. But so what it's like, we're, we've lost sight of 
all of the fantasy. It's like the Victoria's Secret Angel thing. Like, I'm sorry. I was not watching that expecting overnight for my legs to grow like the Mount Everest. Okay. All five, two of me, like we know it's a fantasy. That is the fun of it. Like I am not trying to watch typical girls up there on the Victoria's Secret catwalk. Same thing with Barbie. It's like, just let her be. My God, just let her be this hot, pink, plasticky, blonde icon. Like, my God, like, see it for what it is. And it really got me thinking, like, you know, it doesn't have to be that deep. It's like the Barbie Girl song by Aqua, which I jam out to at least one time per gym session. Because, again, it's that escapist, fun fantasy as this, like, gorgeous female icon in her place that, like, kicked baby dolls' asses right over to the nearest river like see you later and I think here's the truth that no one wants to acknowledge let's say Barbie was this just objectified icon of feminine female beauty right say that's all there was to it now she is all these other things again like the slogan right Barbie can do it all but say she was say it was just this like beautiful plastic doll even when I say playing up Barbie in real life is like a fun character and and the reason it's so legendary it's like it's fun it's fun and empowering to feel hot and to be hot and so what like more power to Barbie now, again, she has all these other things to offer and to bring, but say she didn't like say, it. you know, in my Playboy um, essay in the, in the feature that I did with the other journalists, I have a line in there and I say, there's nothing wrong with aspiring to be, you know, the centerfold and there's nothing wrong with aspiring for like a Pulitzer, but it got me thinking about two things, right. In our culture right now, like number one, what if it wasn't this like deep, big, bold stance about feminism. Cause I'm hearing the movie is supposed to be about like not being perfect. And apparently Amy Schumer was supposed to play it at first, which like we know that's her shtick, but it got me thinking like, what if like it was just like action speak louder. And I almost feel like that's where the trailer was so successful because it sort of did play into that wink, wink, like tongue in cheek, like, you know, superficial, silly thing of Barbie while also like we see it while also recognizing and acknowledging how iconic it is. So it's like, let it just be that. Like, what if it was, what if it was just like a fun escapist, mindless, like, you know, sort of kitschy thing, like the Barbie girl song about Barbie and like just seeing it in its glory. And maybe that in and of itself, like, is the message, you know, without this whole like hoopla, yay, rah, rah. Like that's number one, right? Like what if, what if, like, my God, like Barbie is iconic for a reason, for everybody. Like it is the one unifier clearly in this life. And so why mess with that? You know what I mean? Like don't, don't fix what's not broken. And it's like, we can take it for what it was. It's the same thing as like the Pamela Anderson effect, like vintage bombshell, icon and it's like we take it for what it is like we we don't all expect to look like that all day every day it's hollywood baby it's show business it's play it's fantasy and let it just be what it is right but on the other side of that fantasy is a very real reality which is again like where i think this whole 
um, biological sex, making it arbitrary, like all of this non-binary, like, listen, you guys know I'm a full supporter, like do whatever you want to do, live in your glory, like hear you roar, scream it from the rooftops. But I think on a societal level in the dialogue, when we get to the point of like, the nuttiness of like, it's all a spectrum and sex and biological sex is arbitrary and not a real thing. It is a slap in the face to Barbie and the glory that we are all living in right now, watching her revived in live action Margot Robbie form. Because doesn't that say it all? Barbie being however you want to look at her, lover or hater. Like, I'm sorry, Ken was nowhere near as iconic as Barbie. And that's the thing. It's like what I said earlier. It's like her female force and place taking up space in a glorious way in the world. If she wanted to be hot with her little pink, hot pink number as Malibu Barbie, you bet your pretty ass that the next day she's going to be saving lives, you know, executing heart transplants in her local Barbie hospital as a Barbie surgeon. So fuck right off. But that idea, right? And it's like, well, washing that all away just makes Barbie and everything she stands for pretty much irrelevant, right? So like, let's just think about, let's just think about that. So before we get to Elon, um, women in action like it you know and again I I see where people it's like the Wonder Woman thing too like I could see where people want this like whole big statement about feminism with Barbie because the whole thing is like throughout history the idea of women being seen and not heard right it's like you should know your place like just look pretty and sit pretty and not be heard which obviously like now we know it's 20 it's 2022 people like obviously we know that's not the case but you know, I just want to reiterate that again, like it can, it can be, but like seeing women be objectified and be this fantasy and be hot and also like kick ass and be action stars. I don't understand why does it like James Cameron circling back, like just looping back on that last email, but like, why does it have to be one or the other? And it can be both like as glorious as it is watching Barbie as glorious as it is. And like seeing like Barbie, the little girls look up to her, like, Oh, I can be this stunning gorge, hot little number. Who's also can do whatever the fuck she wants um, person one day, but also watching wonder woman in her little skirt that flaps up every now and then also kick some guy's ass. Like, Laura Croft, Charlie's Angels, Kill Bill, shall I go on? Like, I don't think so. So I say here and now, you know, we, you know, I get this a lot when it comes to all this. And it's like, again, the Wonder Woman thing and the privilege and the lens and like the idea of men having all of this privilege, right? And it's like, men don't get this shit. They can be Brad Pitt and be hot and be action stars. And it's like, well, so can we. And I have to just say before I get into Elon, which actually is a perfect segue, I'm so sick of everything getting blamed on men 24 seven. Number one, because no one cares to look at the root of it. I've like barely ever hear this in this discussion, right? It's like men are trash, this, da, 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 men privileged, da, 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 da. and it's like, okay. So like, I personally, I don't like hearing when friends of mine who are in this business or whoever say Lou, right? Like when she was talking about getting shit from men being like, oh, you're just a Barbie. You don't know anything. Like, what are you to speak out about this? Right. When actually she's smart as fuck, which you guys saw in last episode, like brains for days. 
But I, of course, I don't like that. And I don't like to hear that. But we never talk the root about the root of it. It's like, okay, well, who who is bringing this up? Like, who is bringing them up that it's okay for them to treat a woman with disrespect this way? Like, are we looking at parenting? Are we looking at like shitty dads, shitty moms? Like, that's fostering an environment where they think that they can be surrounded by people like this or act like this or treat women with disrespect. Do you know what I mean? And not for nothing, but nobody ever, we always hear about daddy issues. No one ever talks about mommy issues. And this is something I've been talking about with friends in private lately, but it's like, I'm sorry, women fuck up these guys. And then we, as their girlfriends, as their partners, as their friends, as their whatever, are the ones to clean up the mess and fucking pay the price. So where is the energy on that? Instead of like pointing fingers at men all goddamn day. That's number one, right? But number two, and I've said this before, like I wrote this in my my USA Today op-ed about Christy Teigen and her bullying. Like, I don't understand what talking shit on them all the time. This is like back to the victim mentality, like is actually going to do to change anything because they're just going to get more aggravated and pissed off and are actually not going to want to change at all unless we bring them into the fold and help them understand or help them understand what's not okay, right? Like an example is like, Say you're in middle school and you're talking shit on Sally. Do you think sh- Sally is going to like suddenly like say Sally's not a good person maybe. And you're just talking shit on her, you know, and as a middle schooler one time ago, I can relate to being on both sides, like petty little brace face middle school girl for sure. But do you expect Sally to just like t- turn the corner and all of a sudden join the Peace Corps and like be a good person? No, she's going to be pissed off and be like, well, fuck you guys for talking shit on me all the time. And she's not, you know, going to understand. So that's what I have to say about that. And it, it got me thinking too about other um, interviews I did because I brought this to the carpet years ago. Like, what is with men? Like, are they well? Like, they ain't treating us right. Like, they can't even open the goddamn door for me. Like, the chivalry is in the abyss of our brains. And so it's funny because back to back, I interviewed Justine Sky, who's like a huge artist. She's, I think she was used to be really tight with Kylie Jenner and Finn, Finn, um, which which rock i think his name is he's been in american horror story not to be confused with the finn kid from stranger things but i interviewed them back to back on this and i thought that this was such a microcosm of like what's still going on with men and women right but she was like they are a mess they are like struggle i can't even be bothered and finn is over here these are not at the same event but they were close in time and he's over here like a nice young man like i think newly engaged and he's like men are men like you just got to deal with us. I'm sorry. Like so apologetic, lost little puppy, helpless and hopeless in the wilderness. And so, you know, I just think, you know, we got to bring, we got to do better than just like pointing fingers all the day because all all day long, because I do think it's like, it's like, it brings it back to the very beginning, like acknowledging that there's some privileges there and like guys get into rooms or naturally, um, are able to climb the ladder or whatever in ways, um, because of how our society has been built in the past. Right. But also acknowledging, like, we can't blame them for like, literally I get a hangnail. It's a guy's problem. It's like, I'm really have had it and I'm sick of it. Like both things can be true. Right. So bringing them in and who is blaming the, the men right now where the man is everybody with Elon Musk. So this is really, I, Truly, like I get giddy, I get giddy with Hanukkah gelt and Christmas stocking joy watching the mainstream media have full blown amnesia. What am I talking about? So Elon Musk takes over Twitter, okay? And he arbitrarily, as they say, kick these reporters off, reporters who like make fun of him 
or, you know, talk shit on him or whatever. But he says it's because they were tracking like his family, he and his family's like whereabouts and stuff like this. So he has his basis for doing this, right? And it's so interesting because CNN and all these reporters are like, this is the end of democracy. How could he just arbitrarily shut off journalists and reporters and outlets like the people of the press? And I'm thinking, what fucking spaceship have you been have you people been residing on for literally the last six years? Like, I are you a Xenon girl of the 21st century? And can I join you? Like, where have you been? We have Kelly McEnany. I could go on and on. Like, the White House, the president of the United States, okay? The press secretary, they were all kicked off of Twitter. And at the time, most sane people, sane thinking people were like, even Emily Ratajkowski, gotta give her credit. She was like, well, Twitter can shut up him up they can shut any of us up, right? Now, someone arguing with me would say, well, they have their bases. They were inciting violence. They were spreading misinformation. They were doing this. Now, while Elon Musk has his reasons too, like I said, um, saying that like they're tracking him or whatever, like putting up private information or something like this, right? Like you can't deny that the guy is doing what was never done before, which is number one, transparency and actually bringing democracy to Twitter. This asshole is over here every five seconds putting up a poll and actually giving the power to the people. He literally, his most recent one, it has like 17 million votes. Like when is the last, when is the last time, right? That many people have voted. And he's like, should I run Twitter or not? If not, I will step down right now. So you can't deny that there is a transparency in actually democratizing it that we had never seen. Back when Jack Dorsey and his minions and all them were kicking people off Twitter, that's what else they would argue, right? Like people in the mainstream or these like now journalists all of a sudden having this moment of like, it's fine, we haven't been experiencing this and seeing this play out for literally however long. But they would argue like, oh, it wasn't just one man with all the one man shouldn't have all this power. Right. It was a group of people. So it's like, oh, I see. So one man arbitrarily coming up with rules and decisions is different than a group of, say, like 20 people, like their little committee of like safety and regulations or whatever the fuck, who all think exactly the same coming up with arbitrary rules. I see. So there's a big difference here. Either way. It's arbitrary rules that these people are coming out like with the Twitter files we're learning. These people were pulling stuff out of their asshole, anything they could, making up rules on the fly as they went to try to suppress and limit the spread of the uh, New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story, right? Like, what is the difference between a group of small people who are all going to concur and think exactly the same versus one guy? At least with Elon Musk, you can't say the guy's not being transparent and not like putting it into the hands of the people. Now, do I think that they are basically two sides of the same coin? Yeah, I do. Because with all of these fuckers, it's like free speech, except the one that I like, guys. And that's where with Elon Musk, it's a little bit like, come on, man, because he calls himself a free speech absolutist, right? And then he's going on and it's like, I don't like you, you're fired. <laughs> you you hereby are eradicated from Twitter, right? Which is where a lot of his critics are coming in. It's like, oh, he calls himself a free speech absolutist, that so I will say it's like interesting seeing it playing out as the same side of, you know, the other coin, the, the same coin, other side um, analogies. Am I right? But yeah, that's where I think it's like, what 
clue like what hint aren't these people getting because clearly he's doing on there what we've never seen before and this is coming from the same people it's like do you not want democracy do you not want voice to the people do you not want the people to vote then interesting because these are coming from the same people who is like it's important guys everybody get out get out you know dig your grandma up from the grave everybody vote guys but i guess not when it comes to twitter right like if you really feel that strongly about it why don't you rally your peeps together and vote and elon musk you know tweet to boot him off as the head of twitter like i'm just saying so that's a little bit for you talk about like privilege and entitlement and, you know, some good old amnesia. So a little smorgasbord from your favorite Barbie of things to think about today. And I will leave you with that. I have a very big, exciting interview and announcement coming up. Um, I'm also going to be launching some new on-brand merch to, like, rep this shit in and out of all your fave, like, in and out of your Barbie dollhouse, um, Barbie for life. And I just want to leave you with this last reminder, everybody tits out, brain out, and think for yourself, baby.